my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. I just love it. And to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. The standing between the living and the dead prayer devotional memorial family evangelistic service. Welcome my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 539 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. Oh, I wish you were here yesterday. I wish my producer would allow me to read what we read yesterday. If you missed it, it's on uh, a couple of podcasts online. If you missed yesterday, uh, you missed any day you miss when when it comes down to the Word of God, you miss a great blessing. Second Chronicles chapter seven verses one through ten. Shall we pray together? Holy Father God. I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Holy Father God, for leading me to pray over these past over 42 years of salvation and ministry. Lord, hear and answer all of my prayers and thank you for answering thousands upon thousands of my prayers down through the years. Thank you for the power, the peace, and uh, the purpose of prayer. Thank you for your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Holy Father God, I pray,
in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray, to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word, and to preach your Holy Gospel in such a way that lost souls would come to know your Savior. Lord, even my own wife and other people in my own family who are religious but lost, they do not bear the fruits of a true born-again Christian, and you told us we will know them by their fruits. And uh, uh, it's just one thing to, to uh, slip and have a bad day, for a Christian, but to have a bad day every day is not normal for the Christian, the born-again one. And so I pray for all of the religious but lost members of my family, uh, for there is just an innate rebelliousness and pride and stubbornness, whether the person is from Jamaica or not. Uh, to religious people who are lost, but they're too proud to admit that they're lost. Thank you for the few who have done it. But Lord, you're very familiar with this hard nut to crack because the common people heard you gladly. It was the religious people who, and scholars who did not believe in you, nor did they hear you gladly. They tried to kill you themselves. Uh, and then they, uh, ultimately they got the Romans to do their dirty work. That's how wicked they were. That's how wicked the religious crowd is today. And Holy Father God, thank you for showing me and, and help, helping me to see what the problem is in so-called Christianity today so-called evangelicalism, a.k.a. evangelicalism, that has broad influence because of the many books that they produce. I would imagine all of the book companies would consider, them, consider themselves evangelical, and because of their publishing power, they have influenced all of Christianity. And, and uh, come to find out, Many of them are betrayers of you. And nobody wants to hear this. Even the good people who know what is going on don't want to hear this because this rocks the boat uh, very badly. And uh, our sweet evangelicals, our sweet Protestants, our sweet Christians don't want to hear this. That at the top of the heap are Judases who have betrayed you. They are false prophets and false pastors in evangelicalism, in Christianity, as we know it. And they have sold you and the church down the river for 30 pieces of silver. 
you have led me to name some names. And Lord, I'm willing to die over this truth. I'm willing to uh, go through any kind of lawsuit they would, they would like to put me through for saying it. Because I know I'm right. And they're the leaders, the so-called church leaders, who have done great damage to the church universal, uh, to the so-called Protestant church, the so-called Christian church, the so-called um, evangelical church, and they have blood on their hands. For thousands, yea, millions have died having read their books and followed their magazines. What a deception. And so, Holy Father God, thank you for raising me up for such a time as this to deal with this evil. But Lord, it seems like to me that you're saying it's all over now. And so, Lord God in heaven, let your will be done. Thank you for letting me know that I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And Lord, if somebody would help me real good, my departure is at hand, at least from this country, because I believe that you're going to destroy it even more than what it is. And, uh, but I love this country. I love where I live right now. I have loved every place I have ever lived in this country. And having traveled around the world, preaching your holy gospel, uh, I love this country because of how you have blessed it. But we have not blessed you. We have marginalized you. We have pushed you to the periphery. We have insulted you. We have disrespected you. We have not honored you. We have gotten caught up in the world and politics. And most people are stuck in it. Looking silly to the point now where major, pardon me, major pastors so hungry for a leader are now following a hippie worship leader to the gates of Disneyland and fighting against Mickey Mouse. This is how silly they have made themselves look. It's ridiculous. When they know the problem, the, the, the pastors, they know the problem, Lord. And they know what they have done. They have failed you at obeying two simple commandments, the great commandment and the great commission. And uh, now they want to follow a hippie worship leader to the gates of Disneyland and fight against Mickey Mouse when they're the reason why we're in this mess in the first place. God help us. All I can say is God help us. Lord, I, I'm looking forward to flying away as uh, the song says. And so, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you 
for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And I thank you so much that my mind and my heart and my conscience is clear. And Lord, I do pray that you would save the religious, but lost, including my own wife and family members. And also, Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, what a night we had last night and into the wee hours of the morning. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Lord, not only out of my wife and people in my family who have that problem, people who look saved with their religious work, but they are not saved on the inside. They don't act saved. And uh, the only time they act saved is when they're around other people. And they are hypocrites and phonies and fakes. They're void of your Holy Ghost, evidently. And Lord, as you know, I'm very, very weary of saying something like that. Uh, I, very, I am very careful not to mention your Holy Spirit in any way if it's uh, not true. Uh, for Lord, people who are saved, they have, they have the presence and the power of your precious Holy Spirit who is on the inside guiding and leading and directing down to a T. I don't know how he does it, but he will stop a human being who's saved and possessed with his Holy Spirit from thinking something that he's going too far in thinking about. He will say, no, don't do that. He will tell uh, your servant on from the inside. Now, you've already seen that beautiful fine woman with, uh, with your peripheral vision. Don't look any further and don't click on it to try to see how fine she really is. Uh, down to a detail, he will convict immediately if a lie comes out of the mouth of a saint. He will cut fellowship if we persist in sin for just a minute. And so, Lord, I love him for that. <laughs> I thank you for the daily rebukes and chastisement. And, uh, and you will chastise your people if we grieve your Holy Spirit and quench your Holy Spirit. In the words of Dr. Tony Evans, uh, you be looking for the exits when we are doing evil. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Mm -mm. Lord, don't get me started here today. I don't want to cry. These people don't want to see a grown man cry. Lord, help me to do my job. And Holy Father God, 
I do pray. Uh, Lord, we already know today is Friday and the devil and the devil's people are going to try to mess with the mechanical apparatus of us preaching the gospel to the world. Lord, uh, Twitter is already mad at me. And uh, YouTube is already mad at me. Lord, touch the heart of my dear brother Ed Stetzer uh, to not put Twitter and YouTube and Facebook on me. For these things have happened recently. One of the things happened recently. Since I have preached against the evil of Andy Stanley, uh, these people have the power at the heap of the evangelical chaos uh, to have YouTube to cut me off, to have Twitter to ban me. And Lord, I guess they're aiming for Facebook now. I thank you, Lord, that we have the power to go live on our own sites by your grace. So Lord, I pray that because I preach the truth uh, they hate me and try to hinder me from getting the gospel out around the world. If they do, Lord, I pray that you'll tear down their demonic kingdom piece by piece. For they have torn down your kingdom in America and in the world. They have ruined your church. Anybody who supports Andy Stanley or props him up is aiding and abetting. They are complicit with his evil. That includes my dear brother, who I believe is a true brother, Ed Stetzer, who's, who has been deceived by the devil and the devil's antichrist prophet, Andy Stanley. So has Greer, in my marvel and how these demonic false pastors can have influence on men who I know are saved and born again and know better and are trained better than that. And Holy Father God, I pray that you'll move upon the hearts and the leaders of the Southern Baptists, Lord, to cut ties completely uh, with every group that supports and props up and every man who supports and props up Andy Stanley who has tried to gut your whole Bible now the Old Testament and the New Testament and you Lord I Lord you know when I pray to you I do not play this is I don't do any showboating when it's time to pray to you and uh, for the sake of the church that's left and much is not left I pray Lord that you would destroy this damnable foolishness that has caused the lives of thousands to go out into eternity before their time including pastors and pastors wives in including pastors who follow these devils, these false prophets, these false teachers. 
And Lord, I cannot imagine a false teacher more demonic and more evil in recent church history or in, in the entire history of the church. Like Andy Stanley, who used his father's good name and his good members to do this evil. And if these men of God that I have named, including Russell Moore, if they're all in cahoots with him and they're not going to stop him, I pray that you would stop them. And Holy Father God, I've suffered much because of my preaching about this. But uh, what people don't realize is that these people have broad influence across all denominations because of the publishing power of the evangelical book uh, publishing business. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. I thank you so much for what you have done in my life and ministry down through the years. And I thank you so much for your mercy, love, and grace. And for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved and born again, please forgive us, Lord, of our sins our failures and our faults. Wash and cleanse us, whiter than snow in the precious and holy blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Holy Father God, I pray, over here, over here, you're too close to this, move, move, move over there somewhere. <clears throat> no, you need to move. You need to get up and go over there. Holy Father God, thank you for reminding me of that and showing me that. And I do pray that you would protect the mechanical apparatus of all that we're doing here. And Lord, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed cast out the devil and the demons of hell out of these people that I just mentioned and rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, from them. And out of my own wife and family members who have that problem, who somehow have allowed the devil to enter into their lives. Maybe it's because of access to the computer or television or whatever. I don't know. Lord, you know. And Holy Father God, whatever the case, I do pray that you will uh, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil today. And every day this weekend, as, Lord, I am by your grace, uh, I will be pre preaching every day this weekend, as I've done every day this week. Uh, 
And Lord, I do pray that lost souls would be saved. I pray for Christians to be revived. I pray for your people to be healed and other people to be healed by your power all around the world. And I pray for all of the people who are suffering from the coronavirus, now monkeypox, now hepatitis, all kinds of things are exploding because of the sins of your church, the sins of your people. Lord, you, uh, in your holy records, you normally do not punish uh, other people unless they have, they have uh, uh, punished your people. And Lord, however, there is much collateral damage. And Holy Father God, as we continue in prayer, thank you for leading me to pray about that. <clears throat> because there is a devil loose. And Lord God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would uh, have all of that to come to pass around the world. And Lord, we pray that you will Help us to glorify your holy name and lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't do it, Lord, please do it yourself. For you, are, you deserve our praise and honor. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. And for his sake, amen. We have a, a cord caper on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, <clears throat> The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground and upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, 
for his mercy endureth forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty and two thousand oxen and an hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests waited on their offices. The Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. <clears throat> when David praised by their ministry and the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hollowed the middle of the court that was before the, before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him, a very great congregation, from the entering in of Hamath unto the river Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. And on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month he sent the people away into their tents, glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had showed unto David and to Solomon and to Israel his people. <clears throat> Shall we pray? Holy Father God, thank you for hearing and answering prayer. For those who missed it, uh, this is a showing of the great power of prayer sincere prayer and how that you will answer so much so that the priest can't even go into the temple to minister because of your presence and so Lord help us to get back to praying like that in faith believing this is a record of Solomon praying and you're answering. So Lord, we know that you're there. Pardon me, Lord. We know that you're there. We know that you have the power. And you have invited us to your throne of grace. But we must come right. Without any guile. Without any hypocrisy. And we must be born again. And help us, Lord, to 
be true in confessing our sins and repenting of our sins so that we can get our prayers heard on high and answered like Solomon's. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members, my beloved, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book titled Morning and Evening, a devotional book and one of the best ever. This is the podcast and this is episode number 574. <clears throat> We're at the Song of Solomon, book 8, verse 6, reads, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave, the coals thereof are coals of fire which hath a most vehement flame. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, help us to understand your holy word and to apply it to our lives as we fellowship with you and with your servant, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he being dead, yet speaketh. By your power, in Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. <clears throat> Whose love can this be which is as mighty as the conqueror of monarchs, the destroyer of the human race? Would it not sound like satire if it were applied to my poor, weak, and scarcely living love to Jesus my Lord. I do love him, and perhaps by his grace I could even die for him. But as for my love in itself, it can scarcely endure a scoffing jest, much less a cruel death. Surely it is my beloved's love which is here spoken of, the love of Jesus, the matchless lover of souls. His love was indeed stronger than the most terrible death, for it endured the trial of the cross triumphantly. It was a lingering death, but love survived the torment, a shameful death, but love despised the shame a penal death, but love bore our iniquities, a forsaken lonely death, from which the eternal Father hid his face, 
but love endured the curse and gloried over all. Never such love, never such death. It was a desperate duel, but love bore the palm. What then, my heart? Hast thou no emotions excited within thee at the contemplation of such heavenly affection? Yes, my Lord, I long, I pant to feel thy love flaming like a furnace within me. Come thou thyself and excite the ardor of my spirit. For every drop of crimson blood thus shed to make me live. O oh, wherefore, wherefore have not I a thousand lives to give? Why should I despair of loving Jesus with a love as strong as death? He deserves it. I desire it. The martyrs felt such love, and they were but flesh and blood. Then why not I? They mourned their weakness, and yet out of weakness were made strong. Grace gave them all their unflinching constancy. There is the same grace for me. Jesus, lover of my soul, shed abroad such love, even thy love and my heart this afternoon. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Not only was he deeply spiritual and fed the souls of millions to this day, uh, I, I, I cannot imagine Shakespeare writing better than Spurgeon. He was a great writer too. And God made him a great writer. And God gave him the gifts. Never went to Bible college, never went to seminary. He tried to go, God stopped him. God does that sometimes. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the unction and the anointing you put upon Spurgeon. Uh, I believe the mother load of unction and anointing. So much so that he is still ministering to millions to this day. And he's been dead a long time. <clears throat> he being dead, yet speaketh, and we give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. For all of it is due your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. While you go back to... Uh, 22, 23, 24. I have a question for those who are listening in. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Do you know what Spurgeon was talking about and referring to? <clears throat> I do only because of the grace of God and in salvation. 
And when we get back to that segment, it's 22, 23, and 24. Make sure that's across the board. If you want to be saved, my dear friends, first, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that you are a sinner no matter how rich you are, how white you are, how black you are, how red you are, how yellow you are. You are a sinner. No matter how educated you are, no matter how good you look, you are a sinner. Just like Johnny Depp and uh, Miss Heard. They're sinners. They're rich, they're beautiful, and all of that, but they are sinners. So is the Pope, so is the Dalai Lama, so is uh, even Joel Osteen, as nice as he may seem to be. We're all sinners. We all have failed God and sinned against him repeatedly. For the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we have lied. We have broken God's commandments by stealing, lying, lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, which leads to other sins. Some of you have killed people against God's Ten Commandments. Some of you have dishonored and disrespected your father and your mother. Some of you have dishonored God by taking God's name in vain. We all have sinned and we all have sinned repeatedly. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died for trillions of sins. Not just a few. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty for sin. The Holy Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. That means that because of your sins in this life, you will die. That's your first punishment. No, my dear friend, stop trying to make death a part of life. It is not a part of life. It's the ending of life. Do not listen to these jackleg philosophers who tell you it's a part of life. It's not a part of life. It's the termination of life because of our evil, wicked sins and failures before God Almighty. And what God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die because of your sins, your failures and your faults, then he will allow you to go to hell to burn forever. God is very serious about the matter of sin. So much so, he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. So if you don't stop by the cross and believe and receive, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him into your heart, you're going to hell, my dear friend. And it makes no difference who you think you are. So thirdly, you need to understand and accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now. 
You say, who, me? I'm talking to you. It doesn't matter who you think you are, to God or to me. These are God's words. Jesus Christ, you at least respect him, don't you? You honor him for Christmas. You honor him for Easter. You go to church. I mean, I mean, I mean, Walmart shuts down on Christmas Day. They lose millions, no doubt billions. They shut down around the world on Christmas Day. Out of respect for this man named Jesus Christ. They would not do that if he was a myth or some cult leader. No, no, no. Uh, Walmart, well, they would not do that. I know they've done it ever since I've been saved. I hope they continue to do it. But uh, you better get in there before 6 o'clock because they're going to shut down on Christmas Eve. They're going to shut down in honor of this man who spit time in half. This man who was born of a, vir of a virgin. No man has sex with Mary before Jesus Christ was born. This man who walked on the water like we walk on the ground because he made the water. Uh, this man who was taking a nap, everybody else was up and was in an uproar on the ship. He came out on deck and said, Peace be still. Translation, Wind, be quiet. Waves, sit down. And the waves and the wind obeyed him. The storm obeyed him. I think you need to get to know this man named Jesus. Who fed thousands with a box lunch. And had one of the biggest picnics ever. who broke up funerals by raising the dead. No more funeral because he raised the dead. Who healed the sick. Who healed and gave sight to the blind. Who gave hearing to the deaf. Made the dumb to speak. And then a man who after he had been dead for several days, he was already in the grave with mummy-style clothes on, mummy-type clothes on. He was thinking he had been dead so long. Jesus Christ went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth because Jesus Christ is the Son of God, therefore God if he had not, somebody said, if he had not specified Lazarus, everybody in the grave would have come forth. When he died for our sins, people came out of the graves. The sun stopped shining. The veil of the temple was split. Basically, God saying to us, come on in, your sins have been paid for. 
I think you need to get to know this man, my dear friend. In fact, I know you. You ought to do so. Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. I would be in hell and should be in hell if it had not been for him. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt. That means limping. The crutch or cane. Into life halt or maimed. Rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Hell is a very real place, my dear friend, and you're going there. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him into your heart and repent of your sins and call on his name. Do it today. Hell is bad news. Deep down you know that you deserve to go to hell because of your sins. You may not know it as much as you should know because most preachers don't preach on it, do they? When was the last time you heard a pastor preach on hell? Preaching on hell does not bring in the bucks. Preaching on hell does not put the butts in the seats, in the pews. People don't want to hear about that. That's how wicked we are. We, see, we don't want to hear the truth because we're so wicked and evil in our sin. We love darkness rather than light. So hell is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ has preached the gospel first and best. For God so loved the world, that means that he loves you. Don't doubt it. Are you in the world? Then God loves you. I know that many of you have never felt love before. There are children who have never felt the mother's, a mother's love before or a father's love before. There are siblings who don't love each other. Family members who don't love each other. Husbands and wives are famous for not loving each other. We see it played out every day. With Johnny Depp and heard they have it all but yet they hate each other evidently they even wrote in their dual diary that they hate each other people hate one another but I'm here to tell you there's somebody who loves you we don't deserve his love but he loves us anyhow I cannot explain that to you (laughs) I marvel at the love of God just like you do I marvel at his grace. I marvel at his mercy. We read in the Old Testament earlier in this service how that his mercy is forever, is everlasting. I don't understand that, but I thank God for it. But he's God. He's God. We're not. We're not. And don't, don't get it twisted. 
For God so loved the world, that includes you with your bad self, your evil self, your nasty self in the black and dark night, your creeping self, your adulterous self. News came out this morning that a great pastor, well-known pastor, graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, many believe to be the best seminary in the world, <clears throat> had done some good work. But uh, he has committed adultery against God and on his wife, against his four children. So even religious people sin like that. God still loves him. He's an adulterer. There's some of you who have killed people. You might have put them their body in Lake Mead. They're finding a whole bunch of bodies in Lake Mead. And you never thought they'd ever find the person. Now, God has allowed the water to go down so all of these dead bodies can be found. You may have killed one of those people. You might be a murderer. You're scared. You're nervous now. You might be... A liar, you, you're lying before the judge, you're committing perjury. You know you can go to jail, not only to hell, you can go to jail for lying in court, lying to an FBI agent, just tell the truth. Lying. Even though you've done these ugly, evil, nasty things, you may be a homosexual. God still loves you. Other people may not love you, but God still loves you, and he'll still save you if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. Do not think anybody, an adulterer, a fornicator, uh, anybody having sex outside of marriage, a homosexual person, a lesbian, uh, don't think you can stay that way in God's economy. Once you trust Christ as Savior, Christ wants you to change and repent. He wants you to repent. But we're not sinning. Yes, you are. You're committing an abomination. And we need more pastors, and we should have had more pastors over the past 50 years to tell people, you, you can do what you want. Uh, but if you get saved and you want to be a member of the church, you can't continue to practice homosexuality and lesbianism or, or adultery or fornication or drunkenness or lying or any, any of that. Uh, you, you, you can't uh, do that. Once you get saved, Jesus Christ died for your sins. And people who truly get saved, they understand that. They don't question that. That he gave his only begotten son. He gave up his only begotten son for you. Why? Because he loves you. God gave up his only begotten son to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross for your sins was buried and rose on the third day because he loves you. He sacrificed his son. He is the sacrificial Passover lamb of God for all of us. Now, dear friend, that's love for you. And, and you preachers out there who say you're called to preach, if you can't preach that, you can't preach anything. Sit down. That's love for you. That's crazy love. I think there was a preacher out there a Chinese preacher who, who wrote a book, Crazy Love. I know what he's talking about now. 
that whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time. Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. And all you have to do is believe in him sincerely. And God knows if you're sincere, and you know if you're sincere. You don't need to pray this prayer we're going to pray here in a minute if you don't mean business. God will not make you because he made you a free moral agent. You can choose to do what you want to do, considering all of the facts. I can't make you. I don't have the power to make you. All I have is the power to preach it, to preach the gospel to you. I can't make you get saved. See, I, I don't, so, so it doesn't, you know, I, I have a burden for souls, but I don't have the kind of burden that some people try to put on their shoulders, the burden of God. I can't do what God can do. I can't make you get saved. So uh, all he told me to do was preach the gospel. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I can do. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell. I just got through talking about that. But have everlasting life. <clears throat> in heaven with God. Or you can go to hell with the devil. It's smarter to go to heaven with God. But you, do you know that sin will make you dumb? Do you know that sin will make you act stupid? I'm telling you. Sin is a bad situation, man. It's a bad thing. How many people you know, they, 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 uh, you've told them that they need to stop doing that because it's going to continue to cause a problem, and they don't stop. That, that's the sinful nature. They love darkness more than they love light. Do you know people who love sin so much they, they will destroy their health? You know how you get monkeypox by having sex with people you ought not to be having sex with. You know how you get AIDS, same way. Herpes, same way. These are all things God has sent against your sin that you love so much. So repent of your sins. Believe in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you, so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul and he will save you. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell, ultimately. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. The reason why I keep repeating that is because I didn't know I was lost and on my way to hell. Even though I was raised in church every Sunday of my life and many days of my life. Made to go to church by my mother. My dad was a preacher, mother a preacher. Lost and on my way to hell. They never told me that I was going to hell, even though I was a hellion. I never heard a pastor preach on hell in my life. And if I, if I had heard that, I would tell you that. But I didn't, I didn't, up until the age of 19, I never heard that. I heard hooping and hollering and getting people happy and shouting people out of the church. They didn't know they were going to hell either. They thought you had to keep a certain code to be, you know, considered saved. 
Women had to wear long dresses. Men uh, could not uh, cuss or drink or chew or run with those who do and all of that kind of thing like that. That's it. You know, shouting. If you didn't shout, you probably was not saved. If you didn't run around the church, you probably was not saved. If you didn't speak in some unknown tongue without interpretation, you were not saved. All of that religious stuff. I had to leave home to hear the gospel preached. And God, I believe, by divine design, put me in the right place at the right time. And on December the 19th, I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in a real sense, based upon the last verses I just read to you. And you can get saved today, too. So don't hesitate. Go ahead and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Follow me in prayer and call on his name to save your soul. This is how Michael Lewis led me to the Lord. He, 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 he prayed with me and led me in the prayer of salvation. And that's what I'm willing to do for you right now. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Don't say it if you don't mean it. God is nobody to play with. You don't do anything for me if you don't do it. You know, you're not, not going to hurt me. Uh, I'm going to feel sorry for you. So don't say it if you don't mean it. If you want to continue in your life of sin and evil and so forth, you go right ahead. But understand that when you get saved, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not supposed to continue in sin that Jesus Christ died for. Just understand that. Those days need to be passed and over. No more. So follow me in prayer. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Holy Father God. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God. I admit that I am a sinner. Lord, I've done evil in your sight. Repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now simply believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, the best way I know how. I believe in him. I believe that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for my sins. That he paid my sin debt. Because he's the sacrificial Passover lamb of God for the whole world. And not only the Jews. And he has taken away all of my sins and the sins of the world. He has cleaned the slate. And so, Lord, for Jesus uh, Christ's sake, please save my soul from the hell that I deserve.
and please save my soul for the heaven I don't deserve. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent. Help me to turn from my evil life and my evil ways and help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, beloved, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material for you that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, beloved, we're going to resume the standing between the living and the dead, our prayer and devotional service, already in progress. As we look at for the last day, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Notice how the Lord told you, wives, to submit to your own husbands. You don't, why, hear me well. <laughs> hear me well, hear me well, hear me well. That means you really don't have to submit to your pastor like you do your husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yeah, we have a whole bunch of groupies. And I don't care if you like it or not. And some of them are married. Who love and desire their pastor, who is married, more than they love and respect their husband. Okay. Okay, this happens, people. And it has happened many, many times. Uh, because sometimes uh, wives, they are get into a 
thing, women get into a mentality where they uh, see their past as a rock star. And oftentimes the pastor is, you know, uh, because he is saved, you know, uh, there are some women who they hunt for the precious life. They only want you because you are precious, because of your calling by God. There are some women so evil who want to have sex with pastors because they know it's wrong and they know that the pastor knows it's wrong. Don't tell me that's not the case. I know that's the case. And there are some women so wicked, they get with their girlfriends and one of the girlfriends try to talk about the sermon and, 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 and then the other girlfriends say, well, honey, I was not thinking about the sermon. I was thinking about him. <laughs> and drinking their coffee and laughing and carrying on. Who's going to be the first one to get him? And the time for groupies in the church is over. Go ahead and give her that. Go ahead and give it to her. The time of for the time of groupies is over. The church is not about that. And so God in this first verse tells you in his commandment to you wives, submit the wisdom of God. Submit to your own husband. You don't need to go running to the pastor about anything. God has made it clear he wants you to run to your husband and ask him at home. And what has damaged many, many marriages down through the years is this little, some kind of hellacious, devilish thing of somehow the pastor and the pastor's wife got some kind of control over your marriage and over your family and what you do over the husband. I have said it to you men before and will say it again. Your pastor does not have any say about your marriage and your family other than what he preaches from the word of God and he had better preach this. Most don't. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. Well, they don't touch this because uh, Jezebel, pastor's wife, tells him not to do so. Because you know, I don't even do that to you for you. So don't go telling these women that because I'm not going to back you up on that. Okay? But this is God's word. And your life will be better if you do it. Now, let me just help you. This goes across the board. Men, women, young adults, teenagers. If you don't do it God's way, it is never going to be right and it's never going to come, uh, come out right. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife. As, I mean, see, 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 the thing about God too, he assumes you understand uh, Jesus Christ and and God, they assume you understand. That's the way it is. 
They, they, they don't waste time trying to explain it. This, these are commandments, by the way. These are not suggestions. These are not little tools that the evangelical writers write about. And even those who are Christians who are not evangelicals. And may I say to you, I, listen to me very carefully. The traditions that the Pharisees and the Sadducees from the intelligentsia of the evangelical church, most of them have more education than the other Christians. Serious education, Greek and Hebrew and all that. I, 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 listen, I, I, I thought I would never say this. God has blessed me to write some books. But I believe that the book industry in the Christian community has hurt the church more than it has helped it. I believe that with all of my heart. See, and, and see, the reason why I uh, deal with false prophets and false pastors and led of the Lord to do so, otherwise I wouldn't do it, such as Andy Stanley. And if Ed Stetzer is supporting him and propping him up, because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. And Greer, who has better sense than that, he was raised better than that, and certainly Russell Moore, they know better than this. They need to cut him off quickly, or they will go down with him. And uh, it's because these people write books. And they write books through the publishing machine called Evangelical Book Industry. And they, they reach every corner of the Christian community. Because as I have told people in the past, you put it in a book, people think it's true. You put in a nice, well-published, well-edited book, Jack, people going to think it's true and think it's the gospel. And, it's, and oftentimes it's everything but the gospel. Gospel is not even mentioned. So one of my recommendations is that if you want to get the church healed again, uh, is for the evangelical book industry to die. More marriages and families have been destroyed by being distracted by so-called Christian books instead of reading the Christian book, the Bible. There are theologians who can explain away this passage. And phony theologians who can even say stupid things that are nowhere in the scriptures that, for example, Paul hates women. The devil is a lie. But you have on your phone and on your computer screen verses written by Paul because they're beautiful to you. You love them and they're, they're, they're printed on materials that the uh, evangelical book industry prints. Wonderful, beautiful things. And they make money from it too. That's another thing that needs to be looked at. Is that really God's will for us? For the husband is the head of the wife. How about that? How read that? 
even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Huh? Read that for your book reading. Verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And before you get mad at me for telling you the truth, uh, because you feel guilty, because you did not respect the husband that God gave you, you did not submit to the husband that God gave you, you did not appreciate the husband that God gave you, and you had to weather the coronavirus plague storm by yourself because you cursed your husband out, you called him everything but a child of God, you practice the demonic sin that is in most women. You try to belittle him and disrespect him in front of his family, in front of his children, in front of the pastor and the pastor's wife. You saw him as nothing. You had a nasty attitude from day one. And you can twist your head around and twist and move it from side to side like the demoniac woman in Exorcist. And he's seen the demons come out of you. And now you're in your little tiny house by yourself longing for that man you despised. But uh, a Filipino woman got him now. A white woman got him now, a black woman has him now, and she's enjoying your husband, you witch. You by yourself, longing for some penis, longing for a touch, longing from uh, the bad, longing for the bad sex you were having with your husband that you call bad to your girlfriend. But you were shedding that, don't you? Huh? So don't, 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 don't play with me. Don't try to uh, get mad at me. You're the one by yourself. I'm not. You're the one divorced. I'm not. I, I'm, try, I, I'm trying to, you know why? Because I have read this to my wife and my family since the beginning of the marriage. The word of God. No book. I, listen to me. I, 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 listen. I will give you two cents for a book written by an evangel evangelical preacher who has been schooled in these evangelical churches and, and seminaries. I will give you two cents. Because they're going to fill up a book bigger than the Bible telling you about some tools that they have used. You need to understand your husband is not him. And you're not his wife. You can bring some flowers and a vase to a, a, some of these women. And they're going to take the vase. You better hope it's not ceramic. Because they're going to take it and beat, beat you upside your head with it. They can care less about flowers. There are women who can care less about flowers. You can't do that. There are women who don't want you to open their door. Now, they, you know what they're going to tell you when you go running your hand around and try to open the door for them? I, I got my own door. I guess my, I've been opening my door all my life. Go on this way. Leave that alone. Where you get that from? From the white man? Huh? From some, some, some book you read? No, open the door for me. Okay? 
You don't read a book now, you all of a sudden you're opening doors. You can go out here like Frazier with his weak self and buy some a uh, hundred dollar worth of rose petals. By the time you get home, she uh, she's gonna have those rose petals swept up. Tell my man, don't be dirty in my house with this mess. What is this? She can care less about that. There are many women who can care less about that. Some who like it. Many don't. What they love is a man who is going to be a man. He's going to be the same kind of man. He's going to be the same where she may be up and down in her emotions because of her hormones and her periods and things like that. She, she, she wants a man to be a man who stays the same. He's not an emotional roller coaster. And he is jovial and joyful and cheerful and he can make her laugh in her depression. That's what she loves. That's what she wants. And she wants you to be uh, down for having sex at any time, anywhere. Wanting you to understand that you got to rev her up. She, she, you already revved up. She don't need to rev you up. You got to rev her up. And once you get her revved up, she will be ready to go. That's what she wants. And she wants a man who's not going to let her have her way. Now, is she going to try to get away? Yes. Is she going to pitch a fit if she can't have away? Yes. But she's depending on you not to let her have her way. You believe the lie. Running here and there trying to do everything she tells you to do. She, that's not going to work. Anyway, I must move on. Let's pray for other families. Okay? And pray for some other people. Together. <clears throat> Holy Father God, we pray. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for all families who say, who name the name of Christ. Please help them to truly come to know your Savior. Revive them again. We pray for those families who are irreligious, that, Lord, by the power of your Holy Ghost and by the power of your gospel, they will come to know your Savior and their household. And, Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning around the world. In this country, in our own communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, I do pray, Lord, for all people who name the name of Christ and say that they're Christians. Lord, you have taught me not to think that everybody in the church is saved. You've taught me that very well. And so you've taught me to say things differently. And so I do, and Lord, I do pray. However, for those who name the name of Christ, Lord, continue to convict us and have mercy and grace upon us and forgive us of our wicked sins, of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And help us to repent of it. Thank you, Lord, so much for giving us the blessing and the privilege those of us who are here 
to pass out 36 gospel pamphlets last evening. And Lord, uh, we pray that every one of the people will come to know your Savior in three different areas. Lord, help us to make it to a fourth area this evening that we did not hit, if you will, Lord, last night. Help us, Lord, to all get back to obeying your great commandment, loving everybody, and obeying your great commission, witnessing to everybody. <coughs> Every creature. And Holy Father God, we pray that you will help us all who claim to be Christians to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, we also pray for all people who are in the ministry of government from the president all, uh, on down and we pray for our men in blue and brown, the sheriffs and the police officers, and we pray, Lord, for all government officials around the globe, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we pray for the salvation of the lost in this group of ministers. We pray for the revival of the saved, and we pray that you'd cast the devil and the demons of hell out of those who have that problem and lead God and direct them in the way that you will have them to go in uh, helping us to live peaceful and quiet lives. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, Lord, you would indeed we pray for all Christians who are being persecuted persecuted around the globe, in Nigeria, in America, in China, in Ethiopia, Ethiopia as well as in Egypt, and around the globe, Philippines as well. Lord, please protect your people. Provide for them and bless them and keep them and deliver them and grant them your grace in their trying hours and in their dying hours. And Lord, we pray now for all of the millions of people uh, who are hurting due to the coronavirus plague. Uh, we pray that you would comfort them and provide for them and guide them uh, as they have loved ones in uh, the hospital now, uh, the numbers are increasing again, for this is a plague of long continuance. And those who have, the millions that have died, and the millions that government officials have lied about, God have mercy. Comfort these families and these people, as only you know, many of them have been left all by themselves, even children. This thing has been so devastating, however, at the same time, I thank you for your chastisement and rebuke of your people. Continue as I have been praying from the beginning. Lord, be thorough with us. Break us and make us to be what you'd have us to be. And cut out the demonic foolishness that we have been practicing. Thinking that we can play with you. And marginalize you. And push you to the periphery. 
and think that we can get away with it. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for some people by name who are in these situations. We pray for the family and friends of New York resident Jose Humberto Martinez. We pray, Martinez rather. We pray for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Jeffrey Conley. We pray for the family and friends of Ohio resident Raymond Friends Jr. We pray for the family and friends of Wisconsin resident Maradell Jacobson. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Thomas Boyles and many more. And Holy Father God, we pray for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years, including uh, Pastor Bushibi. And we pray for all of the thousands of folks that you have blessed us to pray for by name, specifically for their needs down through the years. And we thank you for the thousands of answers to prayer. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, giving us the strength to do that. And we pray for salvation, spiritual, family life, financial, material, protection, and provision blessings upon them all, including these new prayer requests, Pastor Bushibi and his family and ministry. And they are giving praise and asking for prayer uh, and, and giving praise for the answers to prayer. And they are saying back to you, Lord, thank you for the fruitful prayer meetings they had. And they pray, please bless them with new roofs for the churches. Then they say, Lord, and they praise you, thank you that Melanie passed her school exams. And uh, Lord, I thank you for helping us to pray for them and with them and bless her with her American visa. We pray for the healing of Timothy from abdominal pains. And we, and, and, and we thank you for the rain amid drought. And I, I do recall us praying for them regarding that prayer request. And Lord, they pray further, deliver them from drought, bless them with a new water well as well. And Lord, we pray for Tammy. Please bless her with the money she needs. We pray for Jensen, a new prayer request. Please destroy the works of Satan in his life and in all of our lives and give him abundant life. Completely deliver him from all evil spirits and witchcraft. Help him not to feel lonely. Give him healing, health, prosperity, and the Holy Spirit's anointing in his mind, soul, and body, and life. Give him complete healing in his mind and thoughts. Bless him with a good job and a house. Protect all of them from the coronavirus plague. And then, Lord, we pray for the thousands of folks who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, have heard the gospel preached from this pulpit, and we pray for some by name. We pray for Sundara, M.D., Agnes, Mary, and Diane. Lord, help them all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. And we also pray for those who are recommitted, who have recommitted their lives to you by the thousands. And Lord, this is a group of people that we have never invited to write in. And we have never, Lord, I've, given, I've never given the invitation for them to recommit their lives. But you did. 
through the preaching of your holy word and to, through the preaching of your holy gospel. And I thank you for doing that, Lord. And, and we had nothing to do with it. We pray for Adi Mola. We pray for Marisil. We pray for Valerie, Latanja, and Nanji. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. All right, folks. That is it. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Uh, if the Lord tarries his coming and I live, I might be back a little bit late on this evening with uh, a second coming message. If the Lord tarries his coming, I'll be preaching the second coming message of the week tomorrow if he tarries his coming and we live. And of course, I'll be here preaching on Sunday. Until we meet again, my beloved, pray without ceasing. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. Go by your church and pick up some gospel pamphlets if you don't have any, if you can't find any anywhere because many churches don't have them anymore. Make your own and uh, pass them out as you go about your business. In the words of Miles McPherson, do something. You saved, you saved, you're a Christian. Do something. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for what you have done here today in our lives through your Holy Word and through prayer and the power of your Holy Spirit. All I can say is thank you and I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. Bless the remainder of this day in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for a great morning and early afternoon. Thank you for the food that you have provided. Blessed for the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as we listen to I'll Fly Away. <laughs>